All right, so why don't we get uh, get rolling um, and just be conscious of everyone's time. Uh, this will be posted to our YouTube channel, and there'll be ways to access it uh, later if you want to um, learn more about it. So um, this idea came up of uh, our, our kind of key tenet at LMB Counseling is breaking the stigma of counseling. And I think uh, most everyone would say they're not really sure what happens when the door closes especially if you have a, a child or you're a caregiver um, of a teen or, or child. Um, so one of the things we're trying to do with, uh, with this series, uh, Behind the Door series, is, is just to show you some of the techniques that we use when we're working with, uh, whether it's adults or uh, our youth that we work with. Um, and, and so that way we can kind of shed the light on, here, here's what we do, here's how we do it. Um, we do try to strive to be different. Um, like I said, sometimes we try to get out of the office. And this particular technique is something that we, we often do either in the, the second or third session. Um, it's part of our, our uh, proven process um, in the first uh, kind of first quarter of what we do with sessions. Um, so essentially um, how it works, and hopefully you have access to the slides, um, but uh, it's called, um, if you see the first one, I gotta pull the first one up, it's called attacking anger. Um, it's a slide that we sent out. Um, Essentially, uh, we, we break things down into uh, different buckets. So for instance, if there's anger, then we'll put frustration in there. Sometimes annoyance, irritation can go in that bucket. We've got a sadness bucket, which you know can be disappointment and many other things. And then we have an excitement bucket. And then worry, which we're gonna talk about in a minute. But those are the, the four strong dysregulators uh, that have the ability to compromise your, your, your ability to make good decisions. So as you think, as your, as your emotions rise on a temperature meter, uh, one to 10, um, as they rise, your IQ drops. Sometimes it can drop anywhere from 10 to 15 uh, points, which is pretty significant, especially for um, our youth. Uh, you know, they can go some, from being a, a fully functioning high schooler to, to thinking more like an elementary school kid with that drop in IQ. So these techniques are meant to help uh, teach them tools, one, of how all this stuff works, but two, teach them tools of what they can do if their temperature is rising. Now, the key to all this stuff is catch it before it climbs too high. We use uh, the idea of the Hulk quite often because once you get to this one place, which is an eight, nine, or 10, um, you turn into the Hulk and you just, uh, reason is suspended and you start making really bad decisions that usually cause um, some, some pretty good consequences. Um, so if you're looking, it's all predicated on catching it, and then it's predicating on you asking the question, is it a good time or place to, to practice some of these things? So we call this the decision tree. Um, it's pretty simple. You just decide if it's a good time and place to practice. If it is, then you do it. If it's not, then you're gonna use some tools to, to stop that buildup of emotion. So think of it like a, like a spigot. And so using the tools, you're turning the spigot off, which allows all those neurochemicals to stop being secreted. And so your temperature, emotional temperature stops rising and your brain, your cortex, the good part, the thinking part, um, stays online and can make good decisions. So um, once you have that in your system, you've got to do something to flush it. And so if it is a good time and place, that's the way you flush it. So looking at the slide, if it's a good time and place and you answer yes, then there's kind of four things that you can do. Um, and, and they don't, they're no particular order, uh, but you need to do something physical uh, that could be really hard. So something like burpees, push-ups, sit-ups, maybe run really fast, 
you could do something creative. Um, I myself are, am not very creative, but at a minimum, I could color um, and draw possibly. But uh, you know, some of our clients are very talented, um, and like Sade does her art stuff. So um, you could do something very detailed. But either way, you're you're accessing that part of your brain which helps you with other stuff. Um, you can do something like uh, we call it internal expression, which is just doing uh, journaling or typing. Uh, for those of, those of you that like doing that, and then the last one is external expression, which is just saying it out loud. And we know from from science and research that. Uh, once you do that, the physiology um, changes once you say something out loud. And, and you actually don't even have to say it to a human. You could say it to a pet. You could say it to a tree. Um, it doesn't really matter at that point. Um, but all those, any one of those, so doing the physical, the creative, the external expression, internal expression, allows you to flush all those neurochemicals that you've built up to kind of bring your temperature back down to one and your, your IQ goes back up to, to its optimal performance. So if it's not a great time, uh, maybe you're sitting in a car, maybe you're in a classroom, maybe maybe not right now, but maybe you're on a plane um, on the tarmac and they're saying we have a delay. You can't just really get up and start doing burpees in the, in the center aisle. So the tool side is something that you can do um, just to hold you over, just to cut off that faucet so the temperature doesn't continue to rise. Um, we've got a couple things that we feel like you can use anywhere, anytime. Uh, they are mindfulness. They're already on uh, the sheet that was provided. Um, and those three techniques are grounding techniques, uh, the circle breathing and the rhythmic breathing. Um, that'll be something that we'll talk about later in one of our uh, next videos um, or in the, over the coming weeks. But essentially, there are things that you can do anywhere, anytime. No one's going to know that you're doing them because you're breathing and you're just focusing on your senses. And then we always encourage everyone to develop their own tool. So it could be listening to music. It could be right then and there drawing. It could be uh, petting your dog. It could be going to talk to someone. It could be doing something physical. The idea, you could go watch the Netflix episode. The idea is that you do something to distract yourself from what you are already doing. So it's changing the picture in your head. So if you're looking at the pier over here or the pier over here on this side, you would swipe right and then you would look at this pier. So it's changing the picture that's making you upset, making you sad, or making you excited. Um, and then looking at something else to get those neurochemicals from continuing to rise. So um, that's kind of what, uh, in a nutshell, the decision tree is. Um, it's very straightforward. It's all about catching it. Um, the next thing that we do is worry. So I'm going to click over to that. Um, and we call it attacking anxiety. And it comes from the book, Stopping the Noise Inside of Your Head. Uh, I would recommend you read that book. It's an incredible book. It's written for a layperson. It's, it's not very clinical. Um, and and it's, it's very enjoyable um, and for even people that aren't clinicians. Um, but essentially, it, it, it's another decision tree. And the way we differentiate this stuff is um, catch it again. If it's worry, you're going to do something different with it than you would with uh, excitement, anger, or um, sadness. So worry by definition is your body's natural response system to a problem. So you're going to get some cortisol, some epinephrine. Um, if it's a really quick worry, like a car coming to you in your lane or you're walking through the woods and there's a snake in front of you, um, things are going to happen in nanoseconds. Uh, and then they're going to happen in two to three seconds in, in, in your cortex. And you'll go from seeing something squiggly to deciding that it was a worm or it's a copperhead. Um, and then your cortex will help you make decisions what to do at that point. So it's the body's natural response system. So we're not going to change that. All we're going to do is get it to work the way it's supposed to with, with the right information. 
So for instance, when you look at the decision tree, you have options. The first thing you have to do is decide if you have facts and data that tell you that what you're feeling is legitimate. If you do, let's say there is a car coming in your lane, or you have a, a term paper that's due uh, two weeks from now. So it, doesn't have to be, it can be something immediate or something down the road. Um, we are designed to kind of problem solve and figure these things out. So if it's a worry because you have the data and the facts, you know, we don't, we as clinicians don't spend a lot of time on that unless, you know, unless you're having some stress due to that, because you will, with your support system, more than likely be able to figure those things out. What we pay attention to is when you have the feeling, but you don't have the data that supports what you're feeling, that's anxiety. So we differentiate worry from anxiety. Um, and you'll hear people talk and it's kind of in their narrative of when they're speaking and they'll interchange those words. And so the first thing we try to do is, is label it correctly so, it knows, so you know how to deal with it correctly. So if it is anxiety, so you, you've got this feeling or whatever you may, may, may be, it may be physiological, you may have your tummy may be, be upset or your muscles are tense, you got a headache or you just kind of feel off, but you don't have any data that says you should be feeling this way, then it's anxiety. So once you move it over to anxiety and, and, and in the book, uh, they call it noise because that's really what it is. It's just distractions and it's hard to look away from. It's like something trying to get out of a cage um, all the time. You, you get two options. Um, one is you can use your tools that you developed uh, in that earlier activity with your, your anger and sadness and excitement. And you can uh, turn music on. You can start watching something. You can go for a run. Um, you, you can, tools are, are good and bad, uh, but they're all tools. They're all meant for distraction. Um, and obviously we, we want you to do the positive ones. Um, but you can do that and, and it, it will more than likely go away. Uh, it may go away for a couple seconds or it may go away for a while. The problem with avoiding something uh, like anxiety is you are creating a neural pathway. You're creating a habit to avoid something that you don't have data that proves that it's real. So the problem with that is you create this habit and it never satisfies the anxiety. So you can never be re reassured enough that nothing bad is gonna happen, um, for instance, or if you go do something that it will be okay because anxiety is gonna create more hypotheticals and it's really tricky and it's pretty brilliant because it will create things that are plausible or are possible. It will also latch onto things that occurred in the past or things that could occur in the future. Um, and it's never outlandish. It's never crazy stuff that's really easy to dismiss. It's, it's, it seems very real. Um, and that's why it's hard to differentiate. But you, it goes back to, if you don't have the facts um, and you don't have the data to support it, then it has to be anxiety. There is no gray. It's either worry and you better act upon it or it's anxiety and you need to do something with it. So most of the time, most people are doing the avoidance. Um, they're, they're shutting the door. They're not letting it in. Uh, I don't want to look at it. I don't want to think about it. And, and, and so that, I would say the majority of people that we see, that's what they're doing. Um, what we advise is that you're going to do that. You got to have those tools on board because you have to be able to shut the door when you want to shut the door. The thing, the key that's a differentiator for us is that when you decide you want to deal with your anxiety, you are letting it in rather than it 
forcing its way in. So if you choose to fight it rather than flee it, because fleeing it is using your tools, you're going to avoid it, you're going to get away from it. If you choose to fight it, it's a very different connection you're building in your brain. It may be one that you've never built before. So it's going to feel very uncomfortable. Um, it will feel like ants crawling on your, screen, uh, on your skin when you decide to open the door and let this thought, this idea in. You're asking yourself to allow yourself to be uncomfortable with this idea, with this feeling, because you already know there are no facts to prove that it's real. So it's deciding to walk into the haunted house knowing that you're not going to get hurt, even though anxiety is telling you something bad is going to happen. We don't have any data that says that's true. So the, the technique that we use when you choose to fight your anxiety is the shoulder technique. And it, it could be the classic uh, angel and devil. Um, we encourage people to come up with something very specific that's scary for their right shoulder and something that is very specific for the left shoulder. So for instance, sometimes people will pick, uh, I've had people pick um, uh, things from a horror movie on their right shoulder and they may pick their dog uh, for their left shoulder. And the right shoulder is a shoulder that tells you all the things that are interesting, possible, scary. Um, it, it's playing on your, your brain's natural emotion response system to deal with threat. And it's creating scenarios that feel very real and they're hard, they feel like they're hard to ignore and they feel like they actually could happen or are happening. When you decide to let anxiety in, you've made that decision, you wanna be uncomfortable, the right shoulder is gonna be the loudest thing you hear. So what we're trying to do is develop your left shoulder. And the left shoulder is just telling you in that moment that there are no facts that support what the right shoulder is saying. It's not saying you're great. It's not saying everything's gonna be okay. It's just telling you right now, right now, there are no facts that support what the right shoulder is saying. So eventually, you want the left shoulder to become louder than the right shoulder. And for those of you who know Charlie Brown is, um, I think most of the audience does, is that you're turning, uh, you're turning the right shoulder into Charlie Brown's teacher, where it's just noise. You know it's there, but you can't make out what it's saying because the left shoulder is so loud. And by doing that, you're creating new connections in your brain. You can, you're, you're creating new pathways of development in your brain. Um, so you used to respond to this thing and said, all right, this is a problem. I don't know what to do. I, I'm a, I want to run, run away from it. I'm scared of it. And so that's a pathway. And that pathway has been built over and over and over and over and over again. That's why it's your default. This is building a new pathway. This is why it's hard. Um, but if you do it, at some point, it becomes automated. Not that, and we always say this, not that the anxiety will ever go away, right? Because uh, it, it could be your creative brain, your beautiful creative brain, your, your, your ability to see um, the margins, your, your ability to see the errors, which allows you to be precise or be creative is your strength. Well, anxiety may, always, may also be your blind spot. Um, so we're just negating the blind spot while still pumping up the strength and, and, and the talent. So you'll just learn to put out fires, as we call them, and over time you'll learn that you don't even need, need to pay attention to the fires. So um, it's all about building a, a process for you to decide if it's worry or if it's anxiety. If it's anxiety, if you're going to 
pay attention to it and fight it, or if you're going to use a tool and, and run away from it at that time. And once you've decided you don't want to fight anymore, then you use your tools. Do not stay, do not panic, and, and do not freeze. You have to decide to do something. Either fight it or run away from it. Um, and, and that gives you control rather than it controlling you. Um, so just to just kind of summarize, um, we're using the decision tree to kind of help you make sense of what to do with your emotions, if it's a good time, if it's a good place. Um, you know, you can do your creative, you can do your physical, you can do your uh, external expression, your internal expression, um, or you can use your tools if it's not a good place. And then with the uh, fighting anxiety uh, slide, it is deciding if it's worry and you better have facts and data that supports it. If it's not, then you got to kick it over to the anxiety and noise side. And if it's that, then you've got to decide if you want to flee from it by using your tools or if you want to fight it. Um, so that's a lot of what we do, especially with our clients that deal with depression and anxiety, which is, I would say, the majority of, uh, of what we see. And then we also have some of our uh, passionate youth that uh, have a very, very bright uh, fire that can burn. They're very competitive. Um, and sometimes they get into power struggles with their parents. And sometimes they turn into the Hulk. Um, and so we use the, uh, the, the fighting feelings decision tree to help them develop tools um, to get that temperature down. It's all about keeping that emotional temperature down so you can use the, the best asset you have, which is your cortex, to help you make good decisions. Um, so let me know if you need, if you have any questions. Um, I'll kind of leave it open for just a few minutes and then we'll uh, tell you what's, uh, what's coming up next and then we'll sign off. Thanks for being here. My brother's on here and says, I need a haircut. You're, you're, very, you're very right. It's been about two and a half months. I'm ready. So the name of the book is called, and I can, um, I'll send it out on, uh, through our social media. It's called Stopping the Noise Inside Your Head. Um, you can get it on Amazon. It's, it's super cheap. I think it's like 14 or 15 bucks. Um, but it's, uh, it's a great book. Um, it, it's where we use a lot of this stuff uh, and just try to, we just put our little own little spin on it and try to make it a, a blueprint that everyone can follow. Um, but highly recommend that you read that book. Any other questions? All right. Well, I just want to be considerate of your time, and I, I wanted to keep it under 20 minutes. So um, thanks for being here. Uh, just a little update. Uh, Sade Messiah is going to do another one of her uh, painting classes. She's going to do it uh, next Friday at 2.30. Uh, the theme is going to be a self-portrait. So hopefully you can uh, you can join her. We'll uh, we'll send that link out a couple times next week, um, so you can hop on there. Um, we are also on the website right now, and and feel free to leave it in the comments here. Uh, we're looking for ways to to help our clients um, during this time, and uh, one of the things we're we're trying to figure out is uh, maybe potentially doing some online groups. So there's a survey up on the website that you can go and click on. I mean, it takes like two seconds. Uh, if any, if any or all of those um, different groups um, are interesting, we are doing a mindfulness that slash stressful group. We're doing um, kind of an anxiety with COVID and, and transitioning back into whatever this next phase will be and how people are dealing with that. 
and then we are also considering doing a, a parenting group online. So uh, if those, those things are interesting to you or something you may want to join or put on the interest list, um, just feel free to leave in the comments or you can go to the website and fill that poll out. Um, I don't think there's anything else. I really appreciate y'all being here and uh, have a great Thursday and hopefully the sun will come out and we can enjoy some uh, outdoor time. Y'all have a, a great Thursday. Thanks.